What up, y'all? I'm JT, Chef Tickles, the Alaskan Sniper. I'm here with your boy, Chris Easy, Deuces Minus One, and Chris Evans. What up, what up? We're joined here with our man, Big Daddy, the boy himself, Faraz Sani. What it do, baby? And let's get into it. This is Hoop Session. All right, cool. What's up, boys? <laughs> All right, so draft happened, but also obviously a lot of other crazy shit went down recently in the NBA in terms of trades, uh, moving up and down in the draft. Um, we got our firm picks that everybody kind of expected with the number one, two, and three. Uh, Anthony Edwards obviously went number one from Minnesota, so that kind of fills out their their need uh, of a nice swing man there. That was kind of no surprise. The only worry there is a um, Andrew Wiggins 2.0, Anthony Bennett 2.0, which <laughs> I think is every uh, Minnesota fan's fear. And, and then James Wiseman going to Golden State. Obviously, that happened probably 12 hours before like we heard of heard about clay so they kind of went with a need there as well i don't know if they take Lamelo if they knew clay was out or if they stick with james wiseman something they can kind of build around big guy around uh, all their guards but real realistically they don't have a lot of shooting now they really have steph and that's kind of all they're shooting right now wiggins is meh right clay's down um yeah draymond and then good. uh yeah, Draymond's not a shooter, right? Uh, they picked up Kelly Oubre. He's decent. Uh, but, yeah, they kind of went for need. Yeah, there's no real surprise there with uh, Edwards or Wiseman. So, next best player definitely left on the board, LaMelo Ball. Probably has the high ceiling out of all these players. Comes with his fair share baggage. So, going to number three to Charlotte. You know, they need a face. They need something to draw some, some eyes there, especially in a season with no fans. MJ's there. They got all that kind of storyline. So, for us, LaMelo Ball going to Charlotte. How do you feel about that? Um, that's probably got the biggest question mark around it for me. Um, like you said, he has a very high ceiling. Like, we've seen flashes of his game where it's it's been very nice. Um, he he seems to have a better shot than his brother Lonzo, at least. Um, yeah. I wouldn't still ca- – I wouldn't care, categorize it as a, as a great, like, form that he has, but it still – it seems better than Lonzo. Um I'm kind of glad he dropped because I feel like he definitely wasn't the number one pick. Um, even even at number three, I mean, going to Charlotte, I'm surprised that Jordan uh, like kind of allowed this just because, like you said, with the baggage he comes and his dad mm-hmm. and all that hype, um, all that media attention, uh, Jordan usually isn't about that. Um, so I kind of wonder how that external stuff is going to affect uh, the game because LeVar definitely affected uh, Lonzo's status when he was with the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, in Charlotte there, I think, which would not be the case if he went number one or two in Charlotte there, he's kind of given the keys, right? We were kind of discussing before, like, you know, Devonte Graham is there um, and they just grabbed Gordon Hayward, which we just kind of found out about right before this. So, um, you know, Gordon Hayward's vet, he's a 30 year old vet there, but, you know, LaMelo came in with the impression that it's going to hit his team, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, I don't think that uh, we can actually say that it's his team right away. Um, I think that LaMelo is going to have quite a bit of competition uh, to kind of claim that, yeah, yeah. claim that seat right now. Um, but also um, LaMelo ha- is, is kind of a playmaking guard, but he also likes to score. But in Charlotte, yeah. he's going to have to lean more towards the playmaking, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have Devontae Graham and Gordon Hayward, who are both going to want to get their shots up. 
Um, and while Gordon Hayward's not bad at like creating plays, uh, <clears throat> he would I, I would say definitely Lamelo and Devontae are, are better. Yeah, uh, and Chris, and, you can probably attest to this. Like Gordon Hayward is a pretty good playmaker, right? Yeah. You know, we saw it in the playoffs last year when he uh, kind of came back in the bubble. He's you know, he's able to kind of run that second unit offense. So maybe it's a Gordon Hayward and a Devontae Graham kind of lineup while Lamelo's off. And, uh, you know, maybe a Lamelo ball handler with a Devontae as your two guard kind of lineup. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do, what else they got there. But, uh, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's big. He's 6'7", right? So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily clash with those other two guards who are quite small. Devontae's maybe 6'2", and Terry Rozier's, you know, even shorter than that. So he's yeah. long. I think, you know, he's just going to get fucking bullied, especially when he's playing, like, you know, Westbrook, Dame, oh. you know, those big, those no, big well, guards, honestly, right? Honestly, think of the conference season right now. You got him playing against Jimmy, what, four or five times a year. Like, you got – Conference is eight. Yeah. So, no, division. Division's eight. Division. So, you're, you're playing Jimmy Butler eight times <laughs> a year. Like, could you imagine, like, Lamelo goes like this in his press conference and you'd see literally as much muscle as I have right now. In my arm, <laughs> and like he flexes, and like I'm like, you're gonna have to put serious weight on to be six foot seven wing yeah. player essentially to exactly. play in Jimmy this would, league. You know, Jimmy would absolutely destroy him. Oh yeah, because, <laughs> you know, there's other guys who've been successful with that kind of body type, but those are pure pure scorers, right? I don't mm. see Lamelo as that just yet. I think yeah. up until now, his competition has just been weak enough where he's been able to do that. But I think his true skill you know, is playmaking, honestly. I think he's a playmaker. I think he, he can get buckets when he needs to, but his shot is not great. You know, he shot, like, low 30s on, uh, I think, like, six or eight attempts a game over there in Australia. This is only, like, 14 games, but, you know, if, he, if he's going fucking five for 15, you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Lamelo, come on. <laughs> That's another factor that he played in the Australian league rather than playing in the collegiate system, right? So we don't really know exactly what, what he's capable of. Like, he's like, yeah, he put up a triple-double, but it's against it's in the Australian league. While yeah. they are professional men, it's still a respectable league. Um, I still don't think the competition mm-hmm. is what it is in the NCAA Division One. I. I think true. I think... To that to that point, Fraz, I think playing overseas in Australia and like and foregoing your college season, I, especially because he played in Lithuania before that too, right? As a sixteen-year-old kid, I think those two experiences for him will help the transition to NBA be a bit easier. Just because you're mm-hmm. playing against anywhere up to thirty-five-year-old men mm-hmm. in the Australian league, in the Lithuanian league, and you're coming into their home country, their home league with all this hype of the ball family and every, and every people in those leagues that tried to probably put him on his ass or bully oh, him yeah. or do anything. And if he yeah. held his own against that, he still has the mental fortitude to actually hold him, hold his own, hopefully against NBA players, against the best of mm-hmm. the best. No, yeah, you're, great you're, point. That could be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. I think that is one of his strengths being in the spotlight since he was what fucking 13 hitting half court shots you know his brother's in the nba he's been around nba guys i think he knows where his body needs to be and uh, you know he's he's a pretty laid-back guy like if you listen to his interviews like he's not giving you much he's just kind of like yeah i'm chilling like this is what i'm supposed to do he's just hooping right yeah so i think i think what is he fucking 18 19 20 years old like 
he's got a slender body type for sure. He's definitely going to get bullied. We saw Lonzo's first game, Chris. We were talking about this yesterday. <laughs> Lonzo's first game in the league, Patrick Beverly was right in his ass. So we'll see what uh, uh, fucking Adam Silver does for uh, Lamelo on his first game. But you know, I, I think I think people are going to be right up in him, and I think he's ready for it, man. I think I think he's ready for it that side of the game. Um, we'll see, man. Okay, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll kind see. of uh, we'll see how it pairs. A month and a day from today. There you go. <laughs> Fred, you got any more on Lamelo Ball there? Um, I mean, no, man. I, I, I mean, I really do want to see how his game translates to the NBA. Uh, like I said, we only got to see snippets of him because he was overseas. Yeah. Um, it's still not the same as seeing him, seeing him go against guys that are just as talented, if not more, like James Wiseman and Edwards and all these yeah. other guys coming in. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to see how he would fare against those guys. Um, but, I mean – only time can tell, man. I'm I'm excited yeah. for tip off. I'm 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 excited to see what he does. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, next, what kind of intrigued me there was Tyrese Halliburton dropping so far as he did. I think he went pull up the draft board here, Halliburton. I think he went 14th, 12th. He went 12th to the Kings. Some people had him going fifth, right? So Halliburton, I thought was honestly going to be something that Golden State could trade out of the top three, out of the top five, uh, you know, kind of get get a piece and be able to draft somebody like Tyrese Hall- Halliburton. But uh, ultimately, he drops down to the Kings. You know, he's a 6'5". He's, a he's a long guard. They, call, they got him as a point guard, but he's a guard, you know. Uh, going to the Kings, he'll be off ball, obviously, with uh, De'Aaron Fox. With Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, likely out the door here trying to sign it sign somewhere else he uh he definitely has some minutes there probably playing playing back up to buddy which is nice not a whole lot of pressure there but i think he's just got a lot of nice pieces like he's all around just i think one of the better players in the league he's not you know he's not a specialist in anything but you know he's six five he can shoot um he was above 40 percent shooting last year in college which is you know pretty damn good obviously a bit closer um He's got good length, but he'll definitely need to bulk up. Same thing with Lamella, right? I think the way that the league's transitioning now, where like these kids are coming in right at 19, all shooters, you know, the body types are just kind of changing. So these guys are just having to grow into it while they're in the league, right? We see Brandon Ingram, like, kind of finally getting to his body, like, four or five <laughs> years later. Man, kid, he's only, like, 24. He's 23, right? Um, <laughs> so Halliburton, I think, can be a nice piece. I you know, have them up there as like maybe going to go as rookie of the year, depending on like what Kings are able to do. You know, there's 10 teams potentially making the postseason now with the playing tournament. So, you know, if they can get like a ninth, eighth seed and kind of he can average something nice there off the bench, he looks pretty good. Um, and then the other one that I, that I found uh, really intriguing was uh, RJ Hampton. So RJ Hampton went quite a bit higher than a lot of people thought. Uh, they had him going probably like early second round, something like that. He went 15th, I believe. Um, and RJ Hampton by way of Milwaukee with all that, their moves that they did, um, and it ends up in Denver. So that's interesting too now. So, you know, he's a, an, again, another tall point guard. He's six, five. Um, oh, sorry, RJ Hampton here. I'm on the wrong. He's, he's even, uh, He's about the same height, 6'5", right? He's got a long wingspan, though. So if you're thinking about him next to Jamal Murray, you got a lot of length with um, 
Michael Porter Jr. there probably probably playing the four, getting a lot more minutes because we know Jeremy Grant this time with the Pistons, right? So trying to think of where these guys are actually going to fit in and how they're actually going to be able to like shine in the league. I think RJ Hampton kind of getting traded around there, going to the Nuggets. Again, not a whole ton of pressure for him. He's able to just kind of do what he can. He's going to learn from Jamal Murray, you know, all those other veterans that are there. Uh, I think he he has a good chance to, uh, to be pretty good in the league too. So, um, Chris, what do you think with your, uh, with your Celtics there? Oh, who is it? Aaron Neesmith. That's probably had no clue who he was to be perfectly honest before the draft. (laughs) Um, Danny Ainge picked him, looked him up. Seems like quite a quality pick of, Pretty high flight or flying under the radar pick, I'd say. Um, yeah. Six foot six uh, guard from Vanderbilt, elite three point shooter though, which I'm very excited about. You got yeah. you shooting fifty two percent from three and taking eight threes a game. So I mean, you're hitting four percent, four point five ish threes a game in like NCAA D one, averaging twenty three yeah. points per game. The only flaw, the only thing I could find with him now is that he did get hurt right at the start of January last year, stress okay. fracture in his foot. So that's sort of like question mark. So a lot of people were saying he was meant to be drafted much higher, but with that injury, his stock like significantly dropped. But hey, okay. Danny Ainge has a good eye for for draft picks. I'd say the Celtics have done quite well in the draft yeah. recently, and. I mean, you add shooting to the Celtics bench, it's basically you're giving, you're basically adding somebody for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to have as a sub. So when you're adding scoring to your bench and if one of those guys need a break or one of those guys are in foul trouble, I'd feel pretty confident throw a 52% shooter from three in there with Kemba coming off the pick and roll or Kemba passing out to the wing for Neesmith to shoot. I think that's that's a quite a solid pickup and exactly what we or the Celtics needed. Um, people have been saying he's a bit of a Clay Thompson-esque shooter. Whereas if you watch his highlights from Vanderbilt, it's more coming off of screens, running around baseline to baseline, trying to get open um, a bunch of elevator screens where they just come in blocking um, the defender. So he's open for a three and he's shooting it at such a high clip that he gets these shots off, even with the highest defenders on him. Right. Um, so it's almost like a JJ Redick. Exactly. Yeah. He runs around the court yeah. like JJ, runs around the court like Clay, yeah. trying to get open for the point guard to pass him the ball to shoot, like catch and Beautiful. shoot easy threes, which is going to be quite fun to watch, especially having players like Kemba, JB, and Tatum around. And yeah. with the focus being all on them, that he can get quite open quite quickly. Um, right. One interesting stat I read. Uh, last night is basically if you when you go from college to the NBA you lose around five to nine percent I don't know if this is correct but you lose around five to nine percent of your three-point percentage from college in your first like on year. average yeah so I'm saying if he's averaging 52 percent from three you're still averaging <laughs> in the mid 40s yeah going exactly. into the NBA so fingers oh. crossed he can there's no injury injury link yeah. injuries lingering um yeah I'm excited for this pick just because Celtics just lost Gordon Hayward as well for nothing. So hopefully this guy can turn it around and turn it into a good solid bench that we need. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how you put it, right? Losing Gordon Hayward, that spot is there. You know, Celtics has always kind of been about their depth. You know, somebody like that with also like a, a Robert Williams out there kind of like complement each other really well, right? Spread the floor, let that guy go grab some offensive rebounds. Now they're going to throw in their big. Now this guy's going to get open three. Um, Fraz, you want to add anything on? Uh, I have well, on one, one more thing. Yeah. One more thing on Neesmith, though. I've From his freshman year, to saw he's a sophomore. He, he got drafted as a sophomore. His mm. freshman year, he averaged 11 points per game and wasn't known for as this elite shooter. And then his sophomore year before injury, he started averaging 23 points per game at a 52% clip. So wow. that's, I think, especially this year with no NBA Summer League, no anything like that happening, I think it's a huge, huge sign that says that basically – he has the work ethic to get better himself over the summer and obviously with coaches and stuff. And now you're putting him into an NBA organization with the facilities, with the coaches and the trainers. I think that jump will be even more significant based on the rest of the draft class. Right. Great point, man. Like, and just you saying that, like, you know, what's probably the difference from a freshman to a sophomore there, they, they know the kid can shoot. Now they're running plays for it. Now they're looking to do handoffs. Like you said, elevator screens, like you, you don't just get those shots. You got to draw plays for those shots, right? So going into a Brad system, uh, Brad Stevens system, you know, a college type coach, he's going to be able to do, notice that and recognize that obviously way better than we can, right? So even a, in a bench role, he's going to be able to get those wide open looks. Fraz, do you know anything about, you want to add anything on, on Neesmith? On Neesmith, man, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. curious to see how he comes up in that system because I think he, Boston is a, the perfect place for a guy of his mm-hmm. caliber to end up under that Brad Stevens. I, I hate to admit this to Chris, but under that Brad system. Yeah. <laughs> finally, finally. <laughs> shooting in that, in that system that spreads out and has that proper ball movement that reminds me mm-hmm. very much of the San Antonio basketball of the past. Um, I think, I mean, he's in the perfect spot to kind of to flourish and for there to be not as much pressure on him. Right, uh, yeah. <clears throat> How do you think your uh, Spurs did there in the in the draft? Honestly, man, this uh, this is going to be. Uh, I hope I don't get skewered for this, but this pick kind of <laughs> gives me like Kawhi Leonard vibes almost. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that the Devin Vassell is going to be as good as Kawhi is now. Like that's just absurd. Yeah. Um, but he's a six seven guard uh, with a six ten wingspan. Uh, he's out of Florida wow. State. Um, he wasn't known as like a, as a great player. I think they were a little surprised he went this high. Um, but I think the reason they got him is that he's going to be an immediate three and D type player. Uh, that's, oh, wow. that's what he, that's what he was in college. Uh, he, he played very well perimeter defense, uh, shot 41% from three. Wow. Um, well liked by his teammates. Uh, I think he, under a Popovich system, just like if under like a Brad Stevens head coach under that kind of system, I think these players mm-hmm. flourish the most. Yeah. Um, if we remember, I think Kawhi was like the 16th pick. And at yes. that time they had the aspirations of him being a player like Danny Green, like that type of like yeah. three and D player. Like, I mean, and look at what he is now, two time yeah, finals. Like, I mean, you got traded yeah. on draft night, right? So, you know. Exactly. And traded yeah. for George Hill, who Greg, Greg yeah. Popovich said was one of the hardest trades he ever made. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he liked George Hill so much. Um, yeah. Again, I'm not saying that this this player has the potential to be a Kawhi Leonard because he does lack the right. size that Kawhi has still. Um, right. 
why Kawhi is strong. Uh, like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize it, but Kawhi Leonard is a very strong player. Oh yeah. Um, Devin Vassell doesn't seem to have that yet. Also, um, but he has time, and I think in a system in San Antonio mm-hmm. where again, not not much pressure, uh, he he can flourish. He can help right. him out. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't know a whole a whole ton about him. But here, just reading, you know, he's still under two hundred pounds, which is pretty mind boggling. So yeah, hopefully that Texas barbecue gets some uh, gets a couple of LDs on there, and, and he can market will take uh, care of him, man. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm excited. And then, I'm excited. You know what excited me as well was Cole Anthony. So Cole Anthony coming from UNC, um, and and he went to Orlando. As soon as I saw that pick, I think I was with Chris when it happened. When I noticed or when it happened, I thought it was I thought it was a perfect pick for them. Orlando, you know, they're they're so big, heavy, right? They've always drafted those big, long guys, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba. Uh, they got one of those other guys that I've never heard of. <laughs> they still have Aaron Gordon. They have Vucevic, right? So I think Cole Anthony coming in um, is a really great opportunity for him. And I think his his motor and his uh, just kind of his competitiveness really fits in in Orlando. You know, so DJ Augustine got moved over to the Bucks. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, but that kind of opens up a spot there. So I really think Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, that's kind of your your backcourt of the future. And then you kind of whatever, you know, resembles anything in terms of Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba. You probably want to move off of Aaron Gordon's contract. But, it, you know, Orlando's looking good in the next few years. And Cole Anthony going there, like I said, he's he's a point guard. He's 6'3". He's, he's quick as fuck. So he him and Markel will play well together, I think, running up and down the court. Um decent shooter you know all these kids coming out of college like i said are coming out really early nowadays um so you know gonna have to work on the on the shooting you know work on the size his body of it but i think he's a professional you know coming from um coming from the family right his dad obviously played in the nba for a long time unlv as well so um i think he's got the heart i think he's got like the passion for it he's got the athleticism just about trying to put those pieces together fit in. Anybody got uh, ups or downs on Cole Anthony? I'm excited to see him hoop in Orlando, yeah. just to see how he works with Gordon and all the bigs they have there. And yeah. I'm so he comes from UNC, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like high pedigree school to come from too. So exactly. IQ should Gordon be there. Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Gordon needs to get moved, I think, and I think that's going to happen. I think that should happen as well. You know, yeah. and then. That just you know they're they're not doing anything soon, right? Going to the eighth, yeah, exactly. Getting getting one and one win and getting balanced, like what yeah. what's that doing for you, right? Aaron Evan Fournier, I think, is a valuable piece that can help on a on a winning team. Um, mm-hmm. And Aaron Gordon obviously is a freak still, so those two pieces probably can get moved and get a draft pick. Terrence Ross is still there as a scorer, uh, six man type guy that could probably help, like a like a Clippers or something like that, but. Um, you know, a lot of moves, super exciting shit going down. Like every time I check my phone, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I like, I like to talk just to talk one more about one more draft pick. Killian Hayes drafted oh, yeah. seven, seventh from Detroit is my dark horse rookie of the year candidate. I'd say I'm um, watching highlights on him. He does. He's very James Harden, Manu, Manu Ginobili-esque lefty oh, wow. uh, point guard, shifty six foot five. 
Very similar to LaMelo in terms of build, lanky, tall point guard. But I think okay. in that Detroit system with a healthy, hopefully healthy Blake Griffin, that will turn into Lob City quite easily. Mm-hmm. He's also yeah. another player who's come up in the pro ranks already. He played in Germany, played in France and oh, at wow. a very young age. So I think he's going to be somebody to look out for, especially on the Pistons. When you watch his highlight tape, you do definitely see James Harden in him in terms of like a cross double step back travel into a three. Um, it's, it's, he literally there. I saw one clip of him doing that step or cross step back, and it looked yeah. exactly like James Harden. If you put a Houston Rockets jersey on him, put him on a mohawk and a beard, <laughs> literally you'd be like, "That's James Harden." So I think if he can if he can roll with this Pistons team, maybe bring him to the playoffs or into the playing games and have a great in terms of like because this draft class isn't that great. So if you have a great yeah. average season on a team that goes to the playoffs and like revitalize that franchise, I think that's a pretty strong case for rookie of the year. And I think Killian Hayes would probably have a good shot to be there if the Pistons work well around him. And um, Sam Mitchell is their coach, right? So Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey, that's Another, it, not Sam Mitchell. Different Raptors coach. <laughs> different Raptors coach, my bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. But Detroit is interesting. Uh, we're, we're almost out of time here, but Detroit is interesting. They're making a lot of moves. They're getting a lot of a big, weird and I think, man. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> and I think uh, you know, I think Blake is on his way out. That contract, yeah. um, something big obviously has to come back. But a lot of a lot of exciting stuff. Thanks for the chat, boys. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll come back next time with some uh, pre-training camp stuff. Thanks for stopping by to sesh with us. If you like what we're doing, like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your neighbor, tell your dog. Peace.